Hello guys, uh, welcome back to The Dog Days. Um, in this episode, we are joined by the legend, the living legend that is Josh Connolly. Um, we speak about everything, the elephant obviously in the room being coronavirus, but we move on. We speak about our mothers and Mother's Day coming around the corner. It's 19th of, uh, of March. Uh, it's a Thursday, it's Friday, whatever the date is, it's going to be wonderful. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, and there's a quiz at the end, which Josh gets really angry about. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Elstal and Ian McKenzie. Hello, welcome to The Dog Days, The Dog Days in the old studio. It's the new one again now though, is it? Old, new, new, old. Everything's new and old. We are amid and in the middle of the eye of the coronavirus storm, Josh Connolly, Ian McKenzie, it is a pleasure to be two metres away from you both. How are you? This might be the last time we do this for a while. Yeah, well, I feel we, good. Yeah. I feel good. I'm, I'm good to be here. And I'm also happy that everybody's got their mic at home as well, so the show can still go on, right? Well, we hope so. Ian and I have bought a mic each. Uh, I'm praying that it arrives today, because apparently everything is going on lockdown tomorrow. Well, it is Stephen's the... supposed to be delivering mine at 2.30 today. Oh, you've been giving a name? Yeah. Well, on the 19th of March. <laughs> have you not been given a name yet? I've, I've just been told that it's going to arrive. No, it's been dispatched, but I've not been given a name mm. of the courier. Yeah, it's behind the recycle bin. So yeah, we're we're getting we're going virtual, aren't we? We've got three. You've already had one a wireless mic, but we we've not yeah, had headed before. The game. I'm looking forward to teaching Ollie how to use it. To be fair, oh, I cannot even imagine the boring <laughs> shit that you're going to teach me that I'm not going to remember. And it I'll doesn't call fucking you. work. Yeah, ah, it's like me trying to do the first edit of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we once tried Ollie. <laughs> once tried getting Ollie to edit a podcast. Me. I can't even spell my name on a laptop. It's awful. Yeah, well, I, I, I once turned up at uh, our friend Hass mm. uh, to do a podcast with him. I made him buy the microphone. And then when we turned up, I had no idea how to do it. Oh, so I, was, I drove all the way to Brighton, stayed there for three hours going, I don't know how to do this, mate. And then oh. drove home. Jesus, that's so sad. <laughs> Why did, what was compli- like, complicated? Oh, mate, right? let's not get uh, technical issues. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to move on from this. Yeah, well so look, we, guys, we are, we're in the middle of the coronavirus. Uh, it's meant, this is absolutely, it's anarchy, right? We recorded the podcast a week and a half ago, Ian and I and somebody else, and I think we downplayed it. And Jesus Christ, I mean, how, how are you feeling right now? Social media is pretty much only about this now. Yeah, uh, how I feel, by the way, is probably different to... to I, I sort of thrive a little bit in this environment, yeah? Mm. Mainly because I sort of grew up in a little bit of a chaotic environment. And so when my back's to the wall, I feel a little bit more at home I feel like everyone's anxiety levels have sort of come up closer to what mine are anyway yeah uh, and I don't want to down I don't want to sort of downplay it and be a bit silly about it but genuinely uh, I probably feel a bit better than your average do you know person. what's weird about you saying that because I said this to Ian earlier um, I know we joke about Ian being negatively minded he, or whatever he said this suits you because you're negative that's why the, no, no, that's no. why I kicked off a minute <laughs> that's why I kicked off but what I mean by that is people that fear the worst or like yeah, people that um talk about the worst things happening or people that naturally have anxiety in their bodies, I feel like when the worst thing actually is happening, they're calmer because there's no ambiguity and they're not saying, they're not worrying about the thing that hasn't happened because the bad thing has happened now. It gives some justification to the ways that they always feel. That's So So there's a bit of that for me. Interesting. So I, I have like levels of anxiety every day normally and at the moment I can attach them to what's going on. So I kind of feel a little bit better. Oh, that, so you're that, saying that it almost provides logic. Because anxiety is an irrational feeling um, and you can never really pin down what it is because it's it's changing. No, anxiety is something that we all experience and that is perfectly normal and it's a response that's there to make us be able to do something. I'm not going to go into the saber-toothed tiger oh, thing. Do the saber-toothed but tiger. that's when you feel anxious, right? So anxious is a normal response. It becomes abnormal if you feel it for no reason. Anxiety is a very physical feeling, by the way. So think about it physically. Don't think about your reaction to how you feel, but tight chest, heart going at a million miles an hour, feeling sort of restless, like you can't sit still. Mm. Uh, All of the physical feelings that come with it, I sort of feel them on a daily basis. Mm. And now I can attach them to something. Well, I think with me, I, by nature, you know, it's lazy characteristics that I possessed, I guess, where I don't feel, yeah, comfortable to go out of the house all the time. So when it's actually like oh, we're all in this moment. I feel a bit more comforting knowing that I'm not 
you know, this is what I have to do now anyway. So it's a, it's a bit positive rather than when I'm like on a weekend, I don't feel like I have the energy to interact with people socially. So I just stay at home. You know, that's what everyone has to do. I am the... Okay, so you can I read? Thing. But can I read it? Because that's why I just went on my phone. It's so interesting. Ian sent me this yesterday. This I'll, thing that you found. I'll, I'll um, yeah. So I feel sorry for the ex- extroverts, the people who feel they need to be out and about. The ones I know were the ones in most denial this was happening, and it has now suddenly hit them this week. We have to help them maximize the fun in their lives in any safe way we can. Right? Can I just say, I I'm not normally I'm excited to do my podcast or this podcast, right? But I've never been more excited than today because mm-hmm. I. I, I, I want to speak to anybody. I'm, I, I can't. I hate it. I'm at home. I love that my girlfriend and my flatmates are there. But I'm like, I've spoken to you enough. I, I need to be out and about. Yeah. One of the, you know, in a restaurant and you know, talking to somebody. I, I, the reason I do so many things, I think, is because I'm. All, I want to always remain busy. And all I can see is my world slowly closing. No. Yeah, and also <laughs> some people recharge and recuperate by being around people. And some people recharge and recuperate by being alone. I do it on my own. My wife likes to be around people. So at the beginning of all this, she was like not worried about it and not worried about it and not worried about it. And now the reality's come in that she's not going to be able to be out and about and doing all the things yeah. that she normally does. She's now starting to feel the heat in the same way as you are. Whereas I'm just like, come on, next week I might be at home and I can sit in my office at home on my own for a yeah. whole week and no one's going to call me out and I can't wait. Yeah, just to add, I think that summarises it well, is that you you get energy off people and that's why you're always seeking like phone calls, you're always on the phone, you're yeah. always trying to speak to people. Um, yeah, where it's counteractive for Josh and I. So you guys but I do have energized. that element too. Like mm. for, for when I've just started a new job, I have actually enjoyed going to the office and then mixing with the people, so it's a bit of a shock now to have that retracted all of a sudden. For for when you've got like an actual job, working from home is a bit, it's a funny one because it's like, especially when you just start a new, a new company because you've got to show that you're uh, doing something. And it's yeah. quite hard to show that you're doing something virtually, especially when you don't actually currently right now have that much to do. So you're still a, picking up what you can help have impact on. And and, and and what I'm working on is very, in a few months, it's going to get really busy. But for now, it's not really much on it. But it will get busy. And it, I'm in a lucky sort of situation I'm in. But it, it's a bit of a weird one at the moment. It's so it, interesting that you guys, because you made a really good point about the computer analogy. Mm-hmm. Like the world needing this and so actually some people needing this. Can you just elaborate on that? Because it resonated with me when you used that. Analogy. I think you need to be, yeah. So I'm very aware and have to be very careful to not kind of make light of it and and say that the, because people are dying and are going to die. Um, and that's never a good thing. So I don't want to be like, yeah, we needed this, we needed it. I'm not talking about social cleansing of people in in that way. That will never Who be. Who doesn't hear, so you haven't that, got to do that. <laughs> but that will never be a good thing, yeah? But I do think that we had got so caught up, so running away with being addicted to profit and doing and being busy that the world needed something to knock it off its perch. I think we all needed knocking off its perch. And what I said to you earlier, and this doesn't happen to me because I use a Mac, but anybody that uses a Windows laptop, I don't know if it's still like it, but it used to be. If you used it for too long, in the end, you had to shut it down and restart the whole thing because it got too clogged up and started sort of slowing down and couldn't cope with what yeah. you were doing. And I feel like, to a degree, we in the end, we will all benefit hugely from this as when we come back together. I mean, the first benefit that I can derive is, I mean, the stuff that I would just mindlessly consume on Instagram, I don't use it anymore, but LinkedIn is my, is my scrolling platform now. Mm-hmm. And the, the minute I start reading someone's status about fucking empathy or like, you know, someone, Gary V banging on about how to make profit, and like you're saying, all the things that we become addicted to thinking that are important, it's so irrelevant now. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's amazing. When you have a, a, a cataclysm, like you can't even describe the epidemic that we're going through, you're suddenly driven down to what's really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's a great life decluttering moment for me. I'm kind of going, I'm unfollowing that bellend. I'm not going to read that article. Why do I care about what this person thinks? All he cares about is profit. That's an industry that I don't really even feel anything to do with anymore. Like, So I'm always doing a bit of a mental decluttering of yeah. the shit that I've had possessed my life. I've done it on LinkedIn. So really? I've been like, when I go on there now... I see somebody post something and I think, what a dick. Why? And so what I do now, what I used to do is think, 
I might construct a post tomorrow that's digging him out inadvertently, yeah. yeah, or I might comment on this. Now I'm just like, I don't need this shit in my life. I've unfollowed it. Yeah. So I've like proper decluttering like stuff like that online. So it is doing it's doing that for me. But I think you will see people now start to move into the accepting stage of what's going on. Yeah. Well, I did I thought and it's similar to when we had that chat with um William Skeeping from Extinction Rebellion. You know, you mentioned that grievance process or whatever of the planet, mm. which was a bit extreme. But when this was first coming out, when I was in, uh, I'm getting, you lose track of time because everything's happening so quick, like really quick. But I went to the Tottenham Champions League match in Leipzig and uh, we had like the 24-hour news going around in the evening. And that's when I started paying notice. And I was like, this is actually going like really, really quick here. Um, And for the next few days when I got home from that, I do feel like I was going through somewhat of a like, grievance process of being like really kind of sad about this and actually processing it and I feel like I've come out that in some way now mm. um, but it, it's it's we're, we're all now I'm noticing everyone online whether they're trying to get engagement they're trying to get followers or whatever it does feel like the common theme is everyone is trying to do something positive now to get through this and try and help people rather than trying to dig people out you know football Twitter was unbearable yeah. you know, it's, it's all about there's a lot of memes still going around about this coronavirus there's, that's always going to happen but I do feel like people are trying to use digital now for good whereas I believe digital has been used yeah. uh, very negatively and that's what's got results well, I, I think if you look back at the things like World War 2 and you hear all these chivalrous things that people were doing for each other I, that started to happen once everyone and as you said, Josh, adapts to the situation, right? So you said, I think William Skeeping even said that, the first mode is panic, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's propaganda, you start taking photos. It's kind of panic and selfishness, the, isn't it? And yeah, and then it's that I know the first, I'm the first one to, person to know this thing. Everyone's got that friend or the, or the collection of friends that are sending shit into the WhatsApp group first and it's a screenshot of BBC News and some edited post or whatever, you know, yeah, fake yeah. news floods into the WhatsApp group. That all starts to happen because I know I've got this fucking data link at this journalist at the sun or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then then suddenly I think as you said like human beings are brilliant and this is why we're the prevalent species we adapt and mm. we start to help each other and we start to help ourselves think how we can give back to fixing what we see as a broken society yeah yeah and I think I, I think on the on the what is it the 19th of March that we're starting to see that curve slowly happen yeah and you'll see like across online you'll see the real leaders particularly on like LinkedIn it being that type of platform mm. you'll see the leaders they're the ones that have stopped mocking they've stopped judging they're not calling people out and they're now starting to talk about things that we can do in mm. order to help each other yeah that's what like real leaders do when I do the resilience workshop I've got something called the 4A framework right and and that starts off with acknowledge and then accept. And I think what we often do is flutter around the two. We don't want to acknowledge. And for a long time, lots of us didn't want to acknowledge. Even if you did the podcast of what you just say two weeks ago, mm. and there's this like, just sort of, I'm not even going to acknowledge of how bad this is. And then all of a sudden we have to get to the stage where we start to accept. And that is like, times are really going to change. I am scared. I feel worried. I have concerns. And then you move on to the altar and then acting. Right. When you start altering, that's when you start going, right, I'm, I'm scared, I've validated these feelings of being worried, etc. and now I'm moving on to the things that I can do. Yeah. What can I do? What things are changeable right now? What can I do to support my peers? What can I do to be of service? And then you go out and start acting on it. Mm. Yeah. With that, what I find is quite crazy about all of this is, and it's only, I suppose this element is something we've got to be cautious of. We are going to be in this self-isolation phase and we're already, as a society, we are, you'd say, physically quite disconnected. So when I, yesterday, when I took the dog, a dog out for a walk that we're looking after, you look around and it's like you've got no evidence of anything that's happening. We're quite fortunate. Obviously, I'm fortunate to have no evidence because I don't work mm. in a hospital. I'm not, I'm not sick myself. But it feels like, yeah, you, you only get, I got like 10 minutes of looking around and being like, this is actually what I technically live in. But then I was like, actually, that isn't what I live in anymore. Mm. I don't live in a physical world because I work. I don't know where I'm going with this, That's but I, I work on my phone. Yeah, I, I'm now going to be at home, and I'm only looking at Twitter. That is my world. I, this isn't really what I'm in at the yeah. moment. 
But you probably not for you because you're a very physical person. But this self-isolation thing is only going to be further, only going to direct us further into technology. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think, I think it's the elephant in the room. I, the way I th- everyone shuns technology, and I think it's silly because it's happening and it's it's happened, right? And so, like you were saying, there's a, we have to acknowledge and accept that technology is actually there to bring us closer. There's misuse. There's been terrible use of technology to do things that for bad, Cambridge Analytica and whatever else. But now, I think, I'm hoping what happens here is uh, objective usage of technology for good, altruistic purposes to go, mm-hmm. right, okay, before I use this to mindlessly scroll and follow Bellens on LinkedIn to make me feel better about myself, actually, I'm decluttering that. Before I used to just, you know, uh, do pointless shit with my phone, whereas now, objectively, I need to connect with my grandma, who I'm not going to see. Mm-hmm. Objectively, I need to have this very concentrated call with my colleagues I don't want to waste any time and pull a shit meeting. We are in this school for 13 minutes and a half, and then we go boom. Yeah. I feel like I'm hoping from this we'll be we'll learn how to have a technological diet and how to use it and digest it. I think it will, I think this will happen. And because I think what you're talking about as well is that physically the world is not changing physically, but all the systems, all the class, everything like that is being removed. Because it don't matter how much money you got in the bank you can get this virus, yeah? Mm. I mean, this this virus will not and does not discriminate. And we say that about a lot of things. We say, I don't know, mental health doesn't discriminate, but it does. Mm. Mental health does discriminate in that there's much more chance you're going to suffer with it if you grew up in poverty, for example. Yeah. This coronavirus will get you if you come into contact with it, right? And so it is the great level. It is discriminating in, in that it will, it's going to kill you if you're vulnerable or older, mm. But it ain't. But everybody knows somebody that's vulnerable or older, yeah. So we th- we are all scared of being affected from this, and it doesn't matter if you're like a multi-millionaire celebrity or you're a guy who lives on the streets, right? It's completely leveled. That it's took all of that away. It's ripped away any ego that we had, right? And it's left us in that state, really, of vulnerability. We all feel very vulnerable now. Mm. Yeah, I I've noticed it. Maybe. I mean, elite footballers, they've got nothing truly to worry about from the financial point of view. I'm not talking about their family point of view, but there's a lot of uh, freelancers out there who've got a lot of followers and it looks like for the last six months or years, whatever, they've been living a great life. But they're suddenly like, fuck, I actually don't have any work because football stopped and I don't have anything. Like The whole football world stopped. So that means that all the presenters on BT Sports, all the presenters for YouTube, all these companies that have set up little things... So you're seeing freelancers that used to maybe potentially be like untouchable and now sat there at home like, what am I actually going to do That's with my the time? Biggest, I but I think so that, bad for them. I feel brave. bad for them, but I feel like it's, uh, you know, it could help uh, change personalities. Oh, dear. Sorry. Oh, is that... Oh, that was, I don't know why I had an alarm at 12.25. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know where I'm going right. with that. That, I, I that was quite like... an interesting aspect as well of it. Yeah, but... <laughs> They did a really brave thing. Josh, you did a really brave thing to, you know, leave the, the factory job however many years ago and start your own business. And that, you know, originally started as a freelance thing. You'd be booked for an hour and now it's much more of a, a business. But those people that had just decided to do that and made that leap, you know, summer's coming. There are so many people that would have just, I mean, I know yeah, some true. directly, just decided to go, do you know what? The economy is is doing really well. And actually, my skills aren't being uh, recognised for what they are. And my friend's being paid way more than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump out. And the timing couldn't have been worse for those people. And the timing that didn't decide to do, do that couldn't be better. And it literally is, for a lot of people, it was a 50-50 choice. Where mm-hmm. they either went freelance and took an extra 30% home, or they, they stayed still for whatever reason. On the flip side of that, you say the timing couldn't have been worse. Uh, this is happening to everyone. So the, the the playing field is leveled, right? No one's going to... There's new legislation coming in. We've had it for the mortgages now, right? So you can get... It's going to come in for the rented people. I think they're already saying you can't chuck a rented person out of their house and all that stuff. So this is happening to everybody, right? So because it's happening to everybody, it takes away the power of you losing everything because you... Mm. I'm trying to find the words feel, to say this. What, yeah. But you can't... You can't... If you rip the carpet from underneath everyone's feet. Everyone's going to fall over. And so we're all going to have to help each other up. Otherwise, we're all going to be led on the floor. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I think when I I was thinking about this before, what good comes out of this, I think empathy... Like we that joke about that from Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> I can't believe but, you just pulled out empathy. <laughs> but genuine, genuine. It's true. Genuinely, what you're saying there is um, everybody's in this together. So there has to be 
the empathy is going to be developed. That's a byproduct of this because we all were going to remember that time we went through this horrible thing and we're going to respect one another. Like already now, people are realizing somebody works in Tesco's, they're now the knight in shining armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and it's, yeah. and we, we put value on things like, you know, even my career, like a brand manager or things like that. And at the end of the day, there's people getting paid seven pounds an hour. And those are the ones that we are relying upon in our society. Whereas previously, we've placed no value on people doing that kind of work. Yeah. Even our PM, I don't want it to turn it against Boris Johnson, but he, he mentioned, he referenced them in, the, in a chat a few months ago saying, you know, talking about low skilled workers. And technically, they are a low-school worker, but what a horrible bracket to put someone in here who we're now relying upon. And it is going to change all of that. And by the way, I tell you who will suffer from this when, when it comes back round is the bigger, the bigger brands, right? Mm. And I'll tell you why, because I, for one, and I don't think I'll be alone in this, but when things do start to come back to normal and we start going out for coffee, yeah, I will go to extra lengths to find that independent yeah, chain than go local, into a Costa yeah. Because I will, and I'm already thinking like that. It's Mother's Day on Sunday, and I think to myself, where can I go and buy something for for her from an independent small business owner? Yeah, mm. it's gonna bring it's gonna bring back community in there a way that, that we I was thinking the Costa Costa will just make the cuts. Like, no matter our choice where we spend our money, I guess the best thing we could do is evenly split it across all of them because. Costa will have to fire 30% of their workforce. Yeah. And so it's like... This is where, yeah. the, this is where yeah, capitalism yeah. gets brought into question. Whereas I'm... Yeah, it's really difficult to know because you're, cause you're... What we're suggesting is that it's the fall of big corporations and then, you know, that's the fall of the economy at the end of the day. They yeah, say, they so say it's, that it's the murky, bigger the yeah. room that you're in, the, the quicker you rise to capitalism. So yeah. like, if it's just us three, I go, yeah, socialism, all of us should be equal, right? And then it gets bigger and then you go, fucking hell, no. And then you, the, as the room grows bigger and bigger and bigger, so far the only solution we have in society is capitalism. Yeah. Because we have to rely on certain classes to get... Yeah. You know, and people have different skill sets and abilities and whatever. It's... I mean, it's bigger than me. I, I don't know enough yeah. to talk about this. Kind it of gets thing, yeah, and then and then you get into this murky water of <laughs> what we don't belong in. But what what I can yeah. say is, what, what all of us do know and what we thrive and speak about is feelings and empathy and and you know what humans can do at the bare minimum uh, to be better, yeah, right, and and to service whoever is around them and to not fucking throw anybody in because nobody wants anyone to suffer badly from all of this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one thing. Yeah, that you that's can put what you're saying. Um, and I think that, uh, yes, everyone will look out for themselves. And the minute we start to see glimmers of money being spent in certain areas, I imagine everyone will flock to that. Mm. The amount of offers I've had to buy £17,000 worth of face masks and hand sanitizer. <laughs> I felt a little bit dirty, which is quite ironic. Um, speaking to my brother who was offering me this thing, I was like, could I brand it? Yeah, I'd brand that. I can imagine what I'd brand that. Yeah, yeah, keep calm and carry on. Yeah, yeah I'll, be, I'll be selling. But, and it's bad that the capitalist or even... The protective, you know, it's not necessarily bad to be a capitalist in some sense because you're trying to protect the ones that you love around you mm -hmm. if you're using the money in the right way. But th this will also probably happen as well. People are going to have to quickly work out where can I make the money. One of our friends who works in a hotel business is thinking about being a delivery driver, for example, because mm. people still need things to be delivered. I think, and I don't know where I'm going with that, but I think um, mm. I'm hoping that society still has a place for everybody and all the jobs that aren't going to Yeah, and of course things are going to, like, so I've had to go online. So a lot of clients that I work with have asked me what to What are you produce... doing online, mate? Yeah, yeah only fans. <laughs> Dirty bugger. I'd be good at that, mate. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I would, you mate. Fucking come You've never tats. seen me with my You'd top You'd be an aggressive wank. I just wank. saw your belly there. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be Aggie wank. Actually, it? I'm going to call you out, I think. Go on. Oh, what, dear. What, what was the uh, oh he's at all the pies comment on LinkedIn the other day? Well, because I just said prime minister, not because you're fat. Yeah, I haven't ate. I haven't ate since the post. <laughs> <laughs> um, Honestly, after you did that, I watched the video about four times, looking at my belly. No, <laughs> do I look fat in this? Honestly, yeah, we can't call him out. That, on yeah, that's how my head is. Let's bring it back to yeah. <laughs> you back do. to mental health. We go with Josh Connolly. <laughs> you do live in the past, to be fair. Yeah, Josh. mate. Get on. Yeah, I know, mate. I need to be like the, yeah, exactly Jesus. like the positive people. But, yeah. but but to swing it, sorry, you're online. What what are you doing? Well, no, but like the resilience workshop that I deliver, I've had to reproduce it so that it's now an online thing that I'm using for organisations who are concerned about people that are isolated working at home. How's what do you say? Yeah, can I ask you, what are you... Okay, because I imagine you're being... And you're an empathetic person, which is great but bad at the same time, like a sponge. Mm -hmm. People are going to be coming to you. I know you've done the haircut like him, but you are going to be Jesus to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really taking chunks out of that. But like, you are. And yeah. how do you respond? Because... Most of these problems are all going to be the same. 
Did you just call Josh Jesus? Yeah, he said he wanted to be Jesus. You are Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't wow. say I wanted to be Jesus. I said I am Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Same initials. Look, I, I don't know. Whoa. Um, oh, wow. Oh JC. God. I never noticed, noticed that. Yeah. Now the big JC. Well, I don't want it to end like that, though. No, no, no. You don't want to be what, us announcing that you're Jesus on this podcast. Well, yeah, but no, we all know where it ends for Jesus. And I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do that. I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what's the question? <laughs> so I'm asking you the consistency. What what are people coming to you with and which problems can you see and, and the trends? And if you can, what solutions are you providing to Which people being isolated working at home, yeah. right? So a lot of people are worried about there's a the ever-changing environment and the uneasiness that comes with that. So a lot of organisations that I work with are already saying, is there a way to do kind of like group coaching for our people on an online platform as well as deliver the workshops that I do but maybe condense them down into webinars Mm. and to be honest with you I didn't realize everyone started contacting me I didn't at first I was just thinking I don't really know what I was sort of a bit in limbo with what I was going to do and then people started contacting me so this week I've had to redo everything and you know I've produced the workshop now into something that's deliverable online so you are more and more becoming like Jesus there with the two Ten Commandments in your hands, standing on this big. Wow, that yeah, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. What are you? But what are they saying? You know, <clears throat> the isolation thing. I imagine is the question you're going to be asked about. Like, how can I look after myself? What What are you? What are you saying to them? What are you suggest? Are you saying stick to a routine? Uh, get out of the house. Move. Are there? Are there? <clears throat> excuse me. Are there things that are one size fits all advice? for people to go through pretty much this consistent problem. Yeah, and even for anyone listening now. Mm. Well, I think the the framework that I've already discussed, right, becomes really, really important because you're going to start to feel a range of emotions and sometimes for a prolonged period of time and you're not going to have the normal escape that you would have for them. So if you feel a little bit down, you can normally go out and get busy for two days Mm. and then you might try and forget about it. If you feel down now you might not even be able to leave the house. So you need to become better at processing and moving through emotions. And you will become better at that if you're supported in doing that. So the whole, and I've always talked about this, I don't like to give advice. I'd rather give validation and let you know that you, like everybody knows what's right for them. What people often need is, I don't want to get too cheesy here. They need their hand held why they move through the emotion. Because once they move through it, they'll start to realize that it really isn't as bad as you think. And we get lost in this not wanting to acknowledge or accept that we're feeling a certain way. And it's that fight against that that causes you the problem. The moment you sort of, um, you stand at the edge of the cliff of a feeling, Mm. the moment you just go, no, I'm going to do it, and you let go, yeah, then actually you'll find that you move through it and you come through the other side and you're stronger as a result. So it's about supporting each other to consciously be able to move through the range of emotions and feelings that we're going to be feeling over the next period of time. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just trying to think objectively, as you always do, how that looks. So let's say I'm going to play out an example that hasn't happened yet, but you never know it might happen. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'm I'm in my house with my three lovely flatmates and... Uh, my girlfriend or her friend, who can be both, you know, uh, near to having a panic attack or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they suddenly experience this feeling of uh, cabin fever. Uh, they're low. Their their energy levels are low. They they can't move. They're all the symptoms of somebody that's getting very worried and mm-hmm. letting the, their environment yeah. affect them. What at this point in my position, who's a bit more level-headed at that time? Mm-hmm. What would you recommend that I would do in that position? What What's your first thought of you? What you want to do? Uh, firstly, devalidate their problem. Be like, don't worry, you're fine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, everyone's having this, which mm-hmm. is the worst thing you can hear. Yeah, yeah, and and the whole you know fucking hell, there are people dying in Africa, right, or whatever. Uh, that's the first thing because I do that with my sister sometimes. If she's really yeah, yeah. upset, I go straight to. Don't fucking... You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after then, I probably would pull it back and start to take your advice on board and start to listen and ask them, where do you think that's coming from? Maybe trying to find logic behind it? Yeah, and give them a platform to start to experience what they're experiencing. If you were in a scary place now, right, You wouldn't. it wouldn't be helpful for me. And I'm talking physically. If you was in like an actual place that was scaring you, yeah. it wouldn't be... It wouldn't, be helpful for me to be like come on you're not scared it's all right everything's all right you, you just get that would make you more and more anxious right because you're not you're then you're fighting it yeah. josh wants me to be okay i'm gonna be so what you'd need is somebody to make you feel comfortable where you're at 
Or saying this is a scary place. You're completely right. Absolutely. That's what you want. Yes, this is scary right now, and it makes complete sense that you're scared. Okay. And then they go, great, I'm and, scared. Yeah, So, that, but then you start to notice there's a change there. Mm. There's no... Like, the angst starts to reduce, right? You're scared, that's fine, you're scared, and it makes complete sense. Look at the times that we're experiencing now, yeah? If you're living with a friend and they're starting to experience that, you say to them, this is perfectly normal for you to feel what you're feeling now, right? And to try and use a visual, they're in a dark place. What you don't want to do is be the person that's in a light place, stood over there in your light place saying, come on, it's light over here, come over here, right? Yeah. You're mocking them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? You're, you're, you're the rich guy who's got all the money, mm. stood in front of somebody who's got none, right? You want to step into their darkness and sit for a while, right? So you're not trying to change them or fix them. You're going in and you're saying, I'm here with you. Mm. And the moment you start to do that, that you will see shifts. Okay. You have to not get caught up in the fact that you want to try and make it better for them. No. I also would say on that point, yes, if you're in a very light place and you go and spend time with that darkness, is very important. But, and I'm sure you'd agree, don't forget to retreat back to your light place and take time on your own as well to get mm. to re- re-energize, right? It, it, exactly. Because I think a lot of us can do that. We can spend so much time with somebody that's in such a negative place that mm. they can almost charge us to be that way as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and we can start to kind of forget. It's a little bit like a, it's like the Dementors, right? Or like Voldemort. If you spend too much time in his presence, you'll end up becoming like you know whatever. I don't know the film enough. But would you recommend that that's also important? Yeah, absolutely. You you've got to know what works for you in order to recharge. It goes back to what we were talking about a, a little bit earlier, right? Mm. You're probably going to be better recharging, getting on the phone and chatting to people, da da da, whatever it is. Yeah. For me, I'm going to be better off recharging, put me in a room on my own, away from any human beings and pretend they don't exist. Right, right okay. <laughs> that's, that's how I recharge, but I know that about myself and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Ian, you're quite I think that's the difficulty that I'm having at the moment is because I'm with my... First of all, partly what you described is I need somebody to... I would be really good at that, being like, yeah, it's, it's like, all right, we're in this together, but I need that person to acknowledge first that they are being a bit ignorant and not waking up to what's actually happened. So my mum, in this case, she's a bit... She has experience, to be fair. She's worked in care homes. She's worked in dentists. She's worked in healthcare. So she's rightly and fairly said, I've worked in care homes. I've seen old, vulnerable people die left, right, centre from flu. I've seen this firsthand. So this happened. And I'm, like, getting frustrated, being like, but you need to wake up and see this is a bit more than that. But if she was to come to me, because she's very, she's a bit like Ollie, like she thrives off people. So if she was to come to me and say, you know, I've realised this is now bad. I'm a bit worried. Like I'm going to be self-isolated. I don't really want to, I, because I'm like you, I I can do that my own. Like I can just be away and mm. switch off. But if someone else is trying to, this is a lot of my pent up frustration in life, I think comes out. I've noticed the key moments is when I'm like in my self-isolation someone tries to come in there I used to argue with my brother a lot um, when I was playing Xbox or whatever and he'd come in and try and talk to me I'd be like can you just fuck off because yeah. that's my time and that's mm. when I have most of my arguments with my mum is when I'm in that zone of mm. like time for myself she comes in I'm like so I say horrible things which I don't obviously mean um, so that's that's part of the problem I'm, I'm going to have like sharing that space with somebody else because I know how to make myself feel fine in those spaces but I don't know how to like share that space with someone because I, I could just be there. It is mind numbing, you know, gaming or be on your phone, and that is probably not good numbing your mind. But it's going to be an ad- adaptation period for me when I get. I'm going to at some point be like, no, I can't just game to get out of this. I can't just go on the phone. I need to connect to yeah, my mum. I need to connect to reality to get out of this because that's how you can truly develop as a person. Yeah, but that that's just about creating space in your life to be able to do all of those things. Yeah. That's what you're going to have to do in times like this. So. There's nothing wrong with numbing your mind with gaming. No. There's there's something wrong with numbing your mind with gaming 24-7. Yeah. But if you're allowing yourself certain space, so you know the things in your life that you might need to do in times like this, connect with your mum at some point, you just got to make a little bit of space for that. Mm. Do it, you know, as regularly as you feel you need to, and then retreat back to what you yeah. need to do. I think the issue I have of it is like, it's non-stop, the potential mm. to potentially talk to your mum. So oh, for yeah. me, it's like... Um, 
It's funny because we were going to touch upon Mother's Day in a positive <laughs> note, but but we can start we're about to start slating our mums. No, <laughs> we can start putting out. This isn't just a yeah. This is like this is reality though. This, this is this yeah. is reality. Like when I have lived in London and away from mum, whatever, you'd go back and this is how Ollie conducts his life. Not conducts sounds a bit weird, <laughs> but lives his life. He'll yeah. go back on a weekend and spend that time, and it'll be lovely. But when you're consistently with your mm. parents, and let's have it right, you know she is paying for me. Like, I'm very grateful to her. I have a roof over my head. I can't sound like a sport person here. But when I when I am with her for seven days, it is very much like, okay, I'm going to be nice for like an hour because I want to, I want to talk to you. But then it's like, all right, stop. Mm. Because I've we've had our chat. Like, do you need to know what Ali's up to now? Do you need to know what Ollie's <laughs> up to now? Yeah. I love Ollie. Yeah, I know you love Ollie. I love Ollie. <laughs> it's like non-stop. Do you know what I mean? But I do love her to pieces. So that's what you carry on just saying, I love Ollie back to each yeah. other and play that tennis game for a while. It's like those kind of people, like really um, people thriving, people that need mm. other energy. It's like, it's, they don't stop. So yeah, yeah. Quite, the creating space. I which think. would be interesting for you and your wife, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it will be, and it's going to be interesting times for a lot of relationships. I for think. a lot, yeah, there'll be loads of babies next year, but there'll be loads of divorces too. Oh, when we were saying that on the way here, I mean, I just, yeah, I think that is the key takeaway here: is do not forget to isolate yourself and do whatever you think. Still buy condoms right? and buy condoms as well. And and so, when, let me tell you quickly about: you need to be as authentic as you can, right? And I don't want, I don't mean the boring thing of authenticity that everyone's talking about at the moment. Authenticity is understanding what I'm feeling understanding what I need as a result of what I'm feeling and then being able to communicate that needs within my relationships and activities. And that's going to be more important than ever in the lives that we're about to start leading. Can you do that again? Sorry, understanding, understanding what I'm feeling. Understanding what I'm feeling. Right, stressed, yeah. Yeah, understanding what I need as a result of what I'm feeling. What I need as a result of what I'm feeling. Yeah, so you said you're feeling stressed. What does that mean that you need, okay. right? And then being able to communicate that. What right. Ian's just talked about is a little bit of a struggle being able to communicate to your mum in a nice way, what, consistently. What you, consistently what you need as a result of what you're feeling. Yeah, and cool. we often fall down in uh, all different parts of these places. If you, you brought up my marriage as well, what I'm not very good at is communicating to my wife when she's doing something that makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. Because, so I'm not very good at boundaries because I'm worried it means I don't love her as much or she's not going to love me as much as I need her to love me if I say I'm feeling uncomfortable or something. So instead I don't say it. Mm. And then I become inauthentic because I'm not communicating what I need as a result of what I'm feeling. Right. So it becomes of huge importance in the times that we're about to move into, yeah? Knowing when you need to go and sit on your own. Mm. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but the voice in our head will tell us that there is and yeah. that we're being selfish. Yeah. And then we become inauthentic. And then I become resentful. Then you start to resent your mum, right? Yeah. When she's not done anything wrong, she's been who she is, and you haven't been able to communicate that you're not uh, ready for that. Let, let me just um, also... Uh, by the way, I really like that. What you no, it is brilliant. brilliant. I will say she has literally done nothing wrong. So, no. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 but, that, but that's the beauty yeah. of what Josh is saying. And I know Someone that. that's done nothing wrong, it actually is our accountability to yeah. be authentic, communicate ourselves as well. And therefore, your mum realised she's done nothing wrong and then you're clear on what she can do to avoid pissing you off. Yeah, well. yeah. and then... But that when you take that into the workplace, by the way, yeah, mm. and you start talking about leaders, then working with the people that they work with, mm. you can speak to somebody who says... Uh, I f really feel like I need to take my foot off the gas and give myself a little bit of space. I'm feeling overwhelmed with my work, right? They'll say that to you. And then you'll say, have you communicated that to to, to your charge hands, yeah? And, th and they'll say, well, I think I have. I, like, you know, you can see that I'm stressed. And then you go and speak to that charge hand mm. and they're like, they'd be devastated yeah. to, to, to realise that that person is feeling stressed and overwhelmed. But there's a breakdown of communication there. And it's normally, it's so often, what you start to get is resentment. That person's going to resent their manager, right? Because their manager's not noticing that they're struggling, but they haven't communicated it either. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's yeah. really, that's such a good point. And, and, and in any situation. In any relationship reality and expectations are very important me? to keep that gap very quiet. Yeah, I can hear you. Really, I can't hear myself at all in these, but that's I fine. I can hear you. I can hear you as well. Right. Right. So yeah, just, I mean, we'll, we'll move on because we've only got about 50 minutes left. But yeah, on that communication and reality and expectations. Can we move on? I do have another thing that I uh, screenshotted. Okay. Am I allowed to read it? You, it mate, this is your podcast. Um, <laughs> it might be quite long. But it's, it won't be longer than the it's poem. Not that video you no, 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 no. It's a nice thing. Or maybe you can read it as you want me to read it. Yeah, yeah. But Josh looks concerned. No, it's a nice. It's a nice thing. No, I'm not reading. Half my shoulder. Uh, and the people stayed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen this. 
And the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. And that is Kitty O'Meara. Wow. I really like that. Yeah, I do, yeah. Yay. Wow. It's all yeah, in how it goes. I was, I was sensing... That fucking video you showed me earlier. That was brilliant. What, what video? That. <laughs> what video did I show you? Oh, Detroit. That was yeah. brilliant, that video. No, I thought it was very good. I should no. have bought uh, my hip-hop track on, by the way, that I'm on. Thank God. Yeah, we <laughs> we'll, were... We we'll, were to lighten things up, we'll put that in the intro of the song. We can... Yeah, we can should, mate. We'll pause our easy pill and just project some sick hip-hop vibes from JC. All right, well, mate, thanks for that. We'll post that as well with this. So... Two things, Mother's Day is around the corner, and mm-hmm. the next thing that we're going to end on is Ian with a little quiz. Yeah. Um, so, what did you want to say about Mother's Day, Ian? Because you were... No, I just... I. Um, Sorry we... for slating you for the yeah. last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast, you're going to love this. I don't know, it's one of those, because it's quite... It's, it's a deep, sensitive subject to all of us, and, and within 10 minutes, we might not do it justice. But, um, yeah, whilst... It's around the corner. We had previously spoken about doing... I don't know if you remember... Like Happy you were, Father's Day, Mum. Yeah, you were really keen to do an activation around this of how... Because there's a lot of us in society um, who, for whatever reason, grew up only with their mum. And I think that's... You probably know better than me, Josh, but that's probably mm. why a lot of men have different differing personalities. I think the fact that like we've grown up without a father figure in our home um, is probably why... I think this is changing, but why you had originally, like four years ago, be called quite a feminine man. Yes. Um, I, don't, I feel like that's changed somewhat, it's developed. But yeah, I think whilst I've slated my mum, I, I must yeah, add, she, I, she's the strongest person that I've ever seen. And, and, yeah. and this is a really interesting time. I did say it in a negative light, but it's an interesting time for our relationship because, um, you know, I, with the rumours are correct, we're essentially supposed to be in lockdown for like two weeks, which mm. is the weirdest situation because she's an out, she's a, she's a very outgoing person, and and she has to stay in. I'm quite an ingoing person, but to think that you're only really going to be sharing an experience with one person, I don't think that's right. I feel like we'll still be able to see some friends and family, maybe. Mm. Um, so whilst that was around the corner of Sunday, I thought it would be a nice sort of segue to potentially talk about... Oh, I think that's brilliant. The also, attachment to our mothers and what they've done for the impact of our life, I guess. Yeah, and, and the feminine thing. I always pride myself on my femininity or the things that you class as feminine mm-hmm. uh, superpowers, I'm going to call them, which are, you know, things like empathy, things like even enthusiasm and communication and all, all the things that we claimed once that women did that men didn't do. Mm, being tanned um, in a... Being tanned in, in self-isolation. In fucking hell. I'm sitting here with my David Dickinson tan. <laughs> Jesus. But, but no, I think it's really... And I, and I thank not just my mum, but my sister uh, and all the women, my grandmother and my aunt. I had a lot of women around me when I grew up and barely any men apart from my granddad, who I love, rest his, rest his soul. Um, but... Definitely, there were things that we borrowed and learned from them, and I still think we do now. Resilience is one of them. I don't think we celebrated how emotionally resilient our mothers were. You know, we pride all these resilient blokes and men, and mm. you know, Winston Churchill kept the nation together. I, I always say, you know, suffragettes, and the, it, it was those people that really kept things going emotionally mm. because it was our mental health. And also, and without say, without talking about it as well. Like yeah. it's like I think mums have just been. Their bread and butter is being resilient and always trying to do the best for their son. I yeah. mean, in in most, like in my case, for example, we're, we're, but it's quite a thankless, ongoing task. But I think that the, the the gratitude they get is, even if you're speaking, they know that even if you're being rude to them, like they they know deep down they've done a good service to you, and that's enough for them. It's I've, amazing. I've, I've noticed that that blind love and faith for their children, for their sons and daughters, is unbelievable. And you're right. Well. You're not right about not not saying anything because my mum, when, when we get on this podcast, will speak for England and tell you how hard it was. <laughs> but, um, and I, I do think, um, you know, whether or not we do it immediately, Father's Day is around the corner. I think it's in the end of May or June. Mm-hmm. As a trio, I'd love to do something like Happy Father's Day, Mum. Um, and it's not to spite our fathers, but I do think it's to validate and thank them for what they've done for us. Yeah. And I think the campaign starts here and now. Josh, we've sort of spoken quite a, quite a long... Well, you've had a completely different upbringing from us. 
Um, yeah, I, look, I think it's something that... My mum's an incredible woman, what my mum's had to do and what she's had to get through um, and how she, you know, she's... I think it is a completely thankless task and I can't really find the words for it, I think, mm. in a way that I normally would find the words. And also I think that we will we will never fully understand a mum's role when i especially now as i obviously live with my wife who is a is a mum herself uh the guilt that comes with trying to put themselves first in any given situation like my wife won't you know i say to my wife go and take an hour leave me with the kids and she will try but that hour will be laced with feeling guilty that she's letting her kids down yeah and our that as a dad that doesn't happen to me no I can go and sit in the sauna and I won't think about the fact that I'm not at home with my kids. Yeah. That's not because I'm a bad person, it's because I'm not like a mum is. Well, you're not innately, naturally yeah. drawn to look after these You've children. also learned to place a lot of importance in your own short-term well-being for everyone else's longer term, yeah, but for I, everyone I, else's well-being, I guess. But I, just, but I also think it, is slightly, it will always slight, be slightly different for dads. Yeah. And dads, by the way, as a dad, and I'm speaking slightly broadly here, but I do think generally speaking, a dad can always, like, even at home now with my wife, if I get really pissed off, mm. and this doesn't happen really, but if I did want to, I could walk out the door <laughs> and stay out for the day. Yeah. Right? And be like, I'm angry and I'm coming back later. Yeah. Mums can't do that. Mums can't do that. <laughs> no. Mums can't do that. And, and a mum's job never a mum's job never dies you know I'm nearly eight years sober now but I still imagine my drinking keeps my mum up at night yeah. what I mean anytime there's a challenging time in my life my mum probably starts to think is he going to go back there yeah. yeah so the job never the job never ends for them so it's, a, it's I don't even I don't feel qualified to talk about it no, it's Fine. one of those which I thought about it but then when it comes to it it's like it's actually so personal and so yeah interesting and deep for either, either of us that it's quite hard to digress for people's well, what pleasure I think, what I think we should do is maybe send this little park clip it. to all of them we'll park it and Ian uh, on that note you've got a quiz for Josh and I I believe yeah, we've got can... seven minutes I feel oh, like right, yeah, we've got we should name it, it something because it could be a routinely thing but I haven't got a name oh, for my we're going to call it Ian's quiz of the day <laughs> uh, by the way it, so you're going to ask questions yeah oh sorry Josh is suddenly it, getting look, his look, fucking Josh has intimidated me because he's shown how competitive he is with this it is just for a bit of fun Josh <laughs> and there's only four questions and that's all you need to know what we'll do is best of what if it's a tie can you also four, uh, four allows okay, it to look, all there's score there's three questions and no there's then four there's, there's four yes there's three and if it's a tie uh, all right, and what do we do? Just shout out the answer first. First on the first on the button. Are you allowed as much? Fucking hell! Listen, mate, you want some? You can have some. Yeah. <laughs> Look, let me, let me, my voice is the most important right no, now. Let's get the rules. No, no, let's no, get no, the no. rules set. Can I shout out as many answers as I want? Let me, I'm about to explain. Okay. If you, because this puts you off from being first, like straight away oh, first. Okay, fine. If you go ah. first and you mistake, then the other person's like. Well, I've, I've, he's got about 10 seconds. Like, okay. You yeah. can't keep going. You, you can't just keep shouting out answers. Yeah, good. Right? I thought that was going to be your tactic. They're, they're quite... I'm going to be Bring on, it on, mate. They're, 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 <laughs> they're themed about the podcast, though, so it's like... Uh, okay, so you've got an advantage. Yeah, Is there well, a handicap no, on because allegedly you listen to every episode, so yeah, that's so more than Ollie does. What do you mean, allegedly? What are you trying to say? I'm some sort of liar. Well, you listen more than us, then. All right, okay. I feel like Josh's going to knock somebody out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fraud <laughs> against I've got one last hurrah in me, mate. All right, okay. Go on. I love this question. Okay. If it's what do you think the world sees in looking? Are we no. buzzing in or just oh, shouting the for answer? For fuck's <laughs> sake, mate! Just let me read the question. Right. Let me just say uh, this. Okay. Josh has been in the podcast four times. I'm not sure that's true. Is that true? That's not the question. But how many times have you been on? I don't know. What, including this? Well, one? I'm saying four. Yeah. Josh has been in the podcast four times. Which other person not in this room has featured on the podcast more than four times? Pooch. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> It's just one nil, mate. There's a forfeit for the loser, is there? Is there a forfeit for the loser? You have to shave your heads. I'll throw this microphone at the wall, mate. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no, but you're actually going to lose. I feel really bad. Okay, go on. I was, okay. You're angry. Man. I am scared right now. Yeah. You better be. Which, oh, this is bad, though, because you're going to win. Okay. Cool. Which guest took us through breathing exercises on a podcast? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I'll change it then. Katie Bateman. No, my yoga teacher. It's wrong. Was that wrong? Yeah, it's wrong. What? 
breathing exercises it on was the a podcast. Uh, no, it's wrong. We did a whole. No, she yoga. did chanting. She did chanting. <laughs> Someone did breathing. What exercises. do you lose the point? I don't know the answer, but you, I get the point because yeah, you jumped yeah. in. <laughs> so it's one all. It's not. One all. She did, she did, Read the last she did question. Yoke, she did chanting. It's one all. Read the last question. Fuck, get out of <laughs> no, you have to point. get it right. Well, I don't know the answer, no. do I? Well, uh, have a guess, mate. Um, you can. You don't have to give her a name. What you can do. It is, was a woman. Okay. Okay. What you can do is say the context of that conversation, like what it was. I don't think you're going to get it. You're spoon feeding him. It was point. the uh, Olympic lady near the beginning. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Natalie that's what, I'll give it. I'll yeah, give it to fine. you. I'll give right. it to you. Yeah, it's one off. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> you see what he's doing to me, though. Yeah, he's, he's, he's actually intimidating that's me it. to help it's him. It's one all, mate. Do yeah. the quiz. <laughs> I'm actually intimidated. Okay, but he's angry now. So let's beat him. All right. What is the name of the football team in Malaysia that Junior won top Malaysian honours with? Johor. He wins. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, What's the fourth question? Okay, that. all right. I'll give you the fourth to tie because I right, would like this. Winner takes all. I would like this to be a tie. Winner takes all. What is the name of Andy Ramage's alcohol abstinence program? Let's do this. No, oh, no, it's not. Uh, let's let's do this. Do this. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got it wrong. What, what, what was the quick? Can you re, reread what, the question, okay. please? Okay. I read the book as well. Dun, dun, what is the dun, name dun, dun, of Andy dun, dun, Ramage's dun, dun, alcohol abstinence program? What? One year no beer. Yeah. Oh, I need a tiebreaker. I have to say, I've been. Scared into letting him get yeah. back into We that. need a tiebreaker. Oh, I feel relieved. Make I... a question up for a tiebreaker. All right, okay. Loser's got to sing Michael, Michael Bublé on the um, Absolutely. on the podcast. 100%. Um, right. um, I did it my You haven't lost way. Yet. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> one second. I'm just going to... Can't believe it's over. The, 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 the first question that comes to mind is... I'll watch the whole thing fall. Are you saying you've lost now? I just like singing Michael Okay, Bublé. all right. This is really random. Um... Which, and there's two of them, which, and I'm going to say the names before I ask the question, which Williams sister has won more Grand Slam titles, Venus or Serena? Serena. Yeah, he's won. You're fucking welcome. You're a done. Bit of Michael Bublé here yeah. from Josh Conley. Yeah. Can't believe it's over. I should have, okay. I'll I've watch learnt. the whole thing, shush please. I'll watch the whole thing fall. Oh, wow. And I never saw the writing that was on the wall. You can't sing this to me after being so if horrible. If I only knew. <laughs> no, I'm done. Okay, I'm yeah. I can't. I can't look at that magic. after he's just made me feel so. Oof, fair enough, on, you are scary. scary. You are scary. You, you? I was. Only I playing. felt it. I was yeah. only playing. Well, it's well, nice. Well, no, it's, that, I think this has been my favorite podcast you've ever done. Yes, thank you. Thank you, you say that every time I'm on here. Uh, well, yeah, which is why you're back every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now we've got. I, I don't want to. I don't want to let you know, Josh. But now we've got virtual mics. There could be an opportunity. There could be in in, in to do it. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm the missing link. I actually would fully, fully agree with that. It's just Ian, you know, that needs to make the final call on that. Mm. But personally, if it was up to me, you'd be a permanent fixture. Oh, negative Nelly over there. Oh, <laughs> that's going to really piss him off. I'm only joking. Anyway, I thought the quiz was brilliant. For this I'm place. Audi. Tell these bitches something they don't know about me. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, at The Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week. It's not a... It's not a heat wave These are the dogs